you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Eyes up, Guardian. Welcome to everyone to episode 71 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, the Destiny community. Wherever you are and however you are, and whenever you're listening to our show, we thank you as always for making this show a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And I'm Jordan. And on today's show, we have Christopher Wagner, aka Chicken Fingers. Say hi. What's up, everybody? So before we begin our show, we want to make sure that you check out all the other killer podcasts available here on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Get involved with us in In Orbit by sending us questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. So before we get into the meat of the show, we are invaded by Rasputin's code (laughs) and we have chicken fingers on the show. So this is a, an in-orbit Rasputin radio uh, mix-up going on here. So for people who haven't heard about you, Christopher, or Chicken Fingers, why don't you go ahead and give the audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, as he said, my name is Chris Wagner, but in the uh, Destiny world or gaming community, I'm known as Chicken Fingers. The story behind the name, growing up, all day it was Chicken Fingers. That's it. And I drove my parents nuts. And then we went to a family reunion trying to find nicknames for each other. And I was like, hey, just put chicken fingers on the back because it's what I'm about to probably eat at this reunion. So from there on out, that was it. Uh, Video gaming, I was always uh, watching my older brother, Honus, um, play video games over his shoulder. You know, from NES, Zelda, uh, dabbled in the whole Mega Man. And then as I got old enough to play and stuff like that i just dove in from there and been gaming ever since um destiny was the absolute best thing to ever happen to me and my brother because we used to play call of duty like not competitively but we were our clan was pretty competitive and um we were always like we need the more pve meet and when destiny came out dove in just started our we've been talking about a podcast uh for a long while, probably since year one. And then uh, some, some stuff happened in my life that was not so great. And after that, I like bounced back and was like, you know what, now's the time I want to do it. And we just fired it up, kicked it off. Speed radio, you know, we have a different style of show, but we have a lot of fun every week. So if you want to have a laugh, you know, grab a beer, hang out with us, you know, it's always a good time. So when can people tune into your show and uh, where would it be at? Um, it's usually on Wednesday nights at 8, 15 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we like to do a live show to kind of interact with the people in chat and uh, do that kind of like like a live broadcast radio show. 
and then we upload the audio file later the week. So if you ever want to stop by 8.15 p.m. Wednesday nights and uh, just fire it off. Hope to see you there. And what's the website? It's uh, RespeedingRadioPodcast.com. Cool. So we'll make sure to put it in the show notes for you guys so that you guys can check out them. Uh, I've been a guest on their show. They're a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot. There was the, the the battle between Icebreaker and what was it? Black no Spindle. Yeah. It was Black Spindle. It was like yeah. the battle of the exotic snipers or the best sniper ever. Camera right. was a long, long, long way ago. <laughs> well, I'm really happy to have you on the show officially because technically we had you guys um, as a guest right. in right. that one recording. So it's really, really good to have you on the show. Excited. And and on today's show, we're basically going to be talking about Destiny 2 and what we hope to see. Um, but more particularly, we're going to start conversation about the Arc Strider. And the reason I bring up the Arc Strider is because everybody in the community seems to think it's basically a res- reskin Blade Dancer. Now, we haven't seen too much of it. We know E3 is right around the corner for people who are listening to us. Um, we recorded on Saturday, the 10th. Of June, so this is pre E3. Uh, EA just had their one announcement, and we're going to be talking about that later because I think it's going to tie in really nicely with talk about Destiny. But um, I'm really excited to see uh, the the Arc Shredder because we all know that in year one, the Golden Gun reigned supreme in both PVE and PvP um, for offensive capabilities. Tether was really good in PvE. PvP wasn't terrible. Um, The abilities really helped it out in PvP, but it was definitely known as a PvE monster. Whereas Blade Dancer seemed to be the one class that was just pure PvP. It didn't seem to have much utility outside. It's not to say that you couldn't use it, but definitely uh, in PvE, at least in vanilla, you were definitely using Golden Gun. So, given that, what we'll start off with you, Chicken Fingers. What are your hopes for the Arc Strider for everything? Um, like I like what you said about the whole Blade Dancer not really getting its light. It really didn't show up, honestly, until like House of Wolves when Prison Elders was a thing, and that was like the lifesaver, other than um, like self res, because <laughs> when it got sticky in there, you know. Oh, pop blade dancer, go invisible and hang out until it revives. Um, but the Arc Strider, I, it's interesting. I I really loved the Night Stalker, so I'm hoping that to see some support based stuff in there. Like I saw in that in that thread you put about the Arc Strider that someone said like a you shall not pass type thing, and I was like thinking more into that, like maybe like it freezes them, shocks them because it's like Arc and holds them in place almost like a tether. Um, I know they haven't really released it, the tethers making a comeback or not, um, but I'm a support player, and I like doing that kind of stuff. And I would like to see more of that, kind of, mm-hmm. for the Arc Strider. I don't know what you guys think. Hmm. That's yeah, so interesting. Go- um, I didn't think about the Arc Strider as being something that could be support-based at all, but... Seems like just the name of it. I guess because Blade Dancer has been the main, um, the main arc subclass for the hunter. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I just think 
arc blade and i think of this and right. i i'm right now i know we haven't seen a whole lot but i'm i'm thinking it's going to be not a reskin but it's going to be like a retool of the arc blade and i really want to reserve a lot of, of my comment until we see the gameplay or hear about it from e3 and i don't think that's going to happen until tomorrow or monday so yeah i mean one of the things that was brought up in that same post that um over there on fire team chat podcast facebook page that i did put up was i want to see some more um range attacks uh even at the cost of chunks of the super bar and let's say that you throw that that spear and it causes arc to hit targets around it just something that can be used both in pve and pvp i think that while blade dancer especially the vanilla version was very strong in pvp it really struggled to do anything really well outside of going invisible which was a very powerful perk don't get me wrong but with the philosophy that Bungie has with regards to the supers where they want them to be more offensive, pushing forward, always moving forward, not staying back. Um, it doesn't seem like it fits what that class was in year one. Hmm. So I hope that they make some sort of, cause I mean, it's a freaking spear. <laughs> Yeah. When I see have a spear, we, I'm thinking of throwing it. Like, yeah. I, have we not to say that seen you can't throw it though? I don't recall seeing the spear thrown. They haven't. They haven't really shown anything just outside sort of, of dancing around, which is very arc bladeish, from what I saw. Right. So, I, I mean, I, if I'm not mistaken, I did see like mini sonic booms coming out mm -hmm. from from when he swung the 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 staff. That's cool. In, I don't remember. So I, I, I would have to take a look at the. Uh, yeah. The homecoming video again, but I, I, there was like a, a little bit of a range around you, but at the same time, it kind of brings back memories of the one move that the blade dancer did have that range attack where I call it the magic carpet. I forget what it's called now, where he just swings the the, the knife and there's a carpet of like of electricity. On burst looking. Yeah, exactly. Showstopper. So they no i think showstopper was the one where he spun in in place and he killed everything around him oh, um yeah, whatever right. it's called funny because i never use that subclass and <laughs> i don't remember i'm surprised yeah, i mean i'm surprised i remembered that word anyway i mean they they've they've nerfed it's unfortunate that they nerfed blade dancers to the ground that they did um because they were such a menace in year one and then Unfortunately, instead of just toning down certain things slightly, they just went full overboard. So I hope that this kind of brings it back into good graces, so to yeah. say. And then they then they created Night Stalker. So what was the point of fixing it? I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the Arc Strider because I think that there's a lot more potential than they than we've seen. Um, currently, we've seen a lot of excitement with the. Um, what is it? The Sentinel being able to be Captain America, throw the shield, you know, defend your allies, like going in front of them, putting up a shield to block. That's it's like on I've... on me. Let's go. <laughs> and just like, I'm excited for that. It's by I'm far really my favorite part of that video. Yeah. I'm really excited for the Dawn Blade. I think that has a lot of potential to be an absolute beast of a super. I mean, we we're, we saw quickly that that Dawn Blade took down the one major in the video 
uh, mm. the homecoming video when they were yeah. on the Cabal ship. Yeah, yeah. The way that like he was shooting it, air, it seems like yeah. it's such a tactical advantage to be able to float up in the air and just right. toss down fiery. I don't know what they're called, but fiery blasts or fiery attacks like that. Oh my god, that's that's gonna be. You know what it reminds me of? You're right, a PVE powerhouse. It reminds me of the sword blade attacks that Sigma had from Mega Man X. Yes, I, I couldn't remember. Like, I, couldn't I was remember like, "Oh my god!" Yes, yep. Yes, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Yo, Mega Man X is one of my type, top five games of all time. Like Super Metroid's always going to be number one, but Mega Man X is always going to be top five. Oh, anyway, I could go on for hours of talking about <laughs> Mega Man X, but let's go ahead and talk about the next thing I wanted to bring up, which was PC talk. Um, there's a lot of people who are really heavily considering going to PC uh, with regards to uh, Destiny 2. I know, Jordan, as soon as they mentioned PC, uh, you had already been planning on um, building a PC, a PC monster for yourself. Um, and now this kind of gave you incentive where you saw how the graphics looked, 60 frames per second and above, yep. uh, multiple monitors, um, yep. just different options. Like, we'll start off with you since I know that you just got a PC built that you're picking up. Um, what are your feelings on Destiny 2? Because I know that we didn't really talk about Destiny 2 with regards to the PC as much. Yeah, so I was pretty excited when I heard that it was coming to PC because I've always thought that Destiny had one of the best visual experiences in a game that I've played. And since playing Destiny, I still feel that way. And what we saw in the gameplay reveal for Destiny 2 blew my mind. And it, yes, it made me excited and I splurged on an even better PC than I originally planned. So thank you, Bungie, for spending my money for me once again. <laughs> um, but yes, I, um, I'm a, the one thing aside from the performance, which PC performance visually and everything I'm really excited for. Um, there's, uh, let's say two things that I'll mention that give me a little concern and drawback. Um, uh, the first thing is the fact that currently PC is slated to release later than console. I think that's a bummer. I don't think it's, uh, a, a, as big of a deal as some people are making it out as, but one of the complaints I've heard from some PC players, I know that have not played destiny and are really excited to play destiny Two on the PC is that they don't want any of the story ruined for them. So essentially it's like hearing about a movie a week before it comes out in your country. You know, if it releases, you don't want to hear that. So, you, you know, you, you embargo any news sites, any articles on it, but it's hard. If it's the longer a game's out, the more likely you're going to hear about it. Someone's going to say something to you about it. You just, you don't want to know. You want to experience it fresh. That's a bummer for PC players. But yeah, of course they can just embargo articles and not read them. But it's like, hey, you know, do they really, do they really need to delay it that much? It's already been delayed a lot. I'm curious why they're delaying it more. But I don't think it's a huge deal. Some people are upset, but I mean, the PC game is going to look amazing. Everyone that was at the reveal said it looked amazing. It played amazing. So I'm pretty excited regardless, even if they delay it, I'm sure it's going to be great. So, you know, bring it on. Um, this, the second thing is, and this may sound a little shitty, 
but PVP, PVP on the PC. Um, I know it's not always bad, but it seems that on the average PC PVP uh, competitive experiences, whether they be shooters or other games where you're going against other people, there seem to be a, a, a lot more negative experiences on the PC. I don't know why that is. It's something, it's feedback I've gotten from PC players. I know a lot of people that played the division in particular, and the division was bad even on the console. And I heard horror stories on the PC. And that's just one example. But I'm, I'm a little hesitant. I'm going to play Destiny 2 on PC regardless, but I'm going to be hesitant to jump into the PvP. So I'm going to have to wait that one out because I I I love PewPewing in the Crucible on the PS4. And <laughs> yeah, I use that word still. Um, and I, I don't want to ruin that for myself. So I'm going to, I'm going to be playing PvE, getting characters built up, hopefully raiding on the PC. I'm going to wait and give it some time and sort of digest that feedback that we get from the PC PVP players. Cause I'm, I'm a little worried that we've already had and encountered issues and we've talked about them exhaustingly on this podcast in regards to destiny's PVP. I just don't want to see it get worse. I'm hesitant to really dive into it. I think it's going to be good, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to go flawless on PC in Trials, what is it, Trials of the Nine? Whatever they're calling it, we know it's a Trials mode. If you're able to go flawless on on that, like, you are going to be going up against some heavy, heavy competition. We already know a lot of the big streamers. They're already planning on going on PC. I don't know if they're staying on PS4 as well, but whatever the case, like, there's going to be a lot of people you know, watching that, and it's going to be a big-time attraction, especially that first weekend Trials of Osiris comes up. I'm going to be interested to see what PC uh, PvP is like. I, it, it's enough for me to really consider getting a high-end gaming PC. Currently, I just have my PS4 Pro and my Mac Mini. Not really gaming masterpieces or powerhouses, I should say, compared to what a PC can put out. But for me, a PS4 Pro is just fine right now. And I'm, I'm, I am I am really interested to see what the experience is like shooting Vex on the PC. Um, what about you, Chicken Fingers? Have you ever considered going PC for Destiny or even thinking or even going for it outside of Destiny? Um, my, I, I bought a, a gaming PC. It's not some kind of super rig or anything. I got it for streaming. And it's able to run my streaming really well and everything I need it for, for streaming and, you know, editing the podcast and this, that. Um, I, I can upgrade it if I want to stream with the PC, but I'm, I'm one of those guys that I need a controller in my hand. And I can't, I know you can get a controller on PC, but like, I, I think it's just one of those nostalgia things for me. Like I got a system, I got a controller. I don't know. It's I'm weird like that, but. I I think I agree with you with the whole like first week of trials on PC is going to be like it's going to be like the Rocky movie when it came out you're going to just it's <laughs> like that big fight you know what I mean because there's so many heavy hitters that are 
gonna move over to PC and like when you think of when I think of PC gaming I think of like Counter Strike and all those games that are really competitive and it's the things that those people do with the mouse and keyboard are just unbelievable. So I don't know. I I might play around. Uh, me and Mike talked about um, making some goof accounts and playing mm-hmm. on PC just to just to mess around. But uh, I I'm gonna stay on PlayStation primarily, and I might dabble in. I won't be able to stream on PC until I upgrade my my rig. But yeah, I mean it's a possibility, I guess. Uh, my wife will allow it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm. I'm so on board with what you just said about the controller. Like, I grew up playing video games with a controller in my hand, the Nintendo controller. So ever since then, like, I tried playing World of Warcraft with a mouse and keyboard, and I was just, I can't do this. I even played, I tried to play Diablo with a mouse and keyboard. I'm not saying that I couldn't learn. Did you have one like, of those MMO, felt... MMO mice with all the buttons on them? I mean, I do have one. I did buy one afterwards because it was a, a Gizmodo sale, and it was actually pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good. Nice. But re- like, it's not even just the the mouse. It's just moving with a keyboard. Like, just feels unnatural to me. Like a, a thumbstick, like feels natural. A, a control pad feels natural. The keyboard, while it's definitely very, very versatile, I'm not knocking it. It just doesn't feel comfortable to me. And maybe I just have to get used to it because I know it's a very precise way of, of controlling your, your, your character, the keyboard and the mouse. I, I would just have to really, really, you know, throw some time. And I mean, even for example, when I started playing Destiny, I started, I was playing Destiny with old school GoldenEye controllers where it was, um, it was Legacy and, um, where if you press down on the thumbstick, it moves, it, it, it looks up and, oh, and inverted. Yeah, inverted. There we go. So what caused me to switch was the one weekend where they had Overwatch, uh, the, the beta for Overwatch. And they had no controller options beyond the default, what everybody uses, where up is up, up is to look up, down is to look down. Like, that was so unnatural to me. And that took, like, I was just like, you know what? Let me just do it. Let me just sink three weeks into it, into into like into default controls. And after that, like, now I don't play. Like, I just leave it on default. But, like, for the longest time I had, it was look, look press down to look up, press up to look down. Like, people, like, people would come over to my house and be like, I don't understand how you play this. It was like... This is what we did on Nintendo 64. You don't understand. We had the C buttons. We didn't have right stick. Right, right. C right was the strafe right. It made sense. Oh, oh the good old days. Yeah. I remember them. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Too close. Oh, to the no, and what cracked me up, what you said, uh, Chris, was when you were talking about the 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 Rocky where everybody's going in heavy hitters, like yeah. I'm just picturing me going to Trials of Osiris or whatever it is, Trials on PC, using that same Rocky image. Throw in the damn towel! Throw in the <laughs> towel, man! <laughs> like the second I step in, headshot. Oh no! Oh, I, I mean, 
I'm really, really excited to see the potential for Destiny on the PC because I think there's a, being on PC is a different monster. People are going to expect a lot more. Um, yes, it is a first-person shooter, but that heavy MMO style that they've cultivated is going to push a lot of uh, is is yeah, it's going to push a lot of these PC players to expect MMO experiences, hundreds and hundreds of hours of actual content that doesn't repeat itself or that there's a lot of stuff to do. So I'm hoping that with that transition to uh, PC, it causes the quality of, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't going to be high quality. I'm just saying, I hope that it pushes the quality and the amount of content to go up because it's going to be heavily scrutinized on the PC. Um, I'm really, really excited for, I mean, we keep seeing all these posts where uh, Destiny 2 will have the most amount of content of any game Bungie's ever released, different game modes, different game types, all these different things. I'm like, I'm, you're, you're painting a large picture here, Bungie. Remember what happened Destiny 1 and you didn't deliver? Like, uh, I'm, I'm trusting you because these past three years have been absolutely fantastic. But it started from a pretty rough spot to get here, to the point that we're at. And they're going in with some really hard marketing that is kind of pushing some things that they're some really heavy promises. Oh, yeah. And I just I really hope that they can really nail down first the amount of content that is essential to keep people engaged for hours and hours on end, because if it's. Let's just say if we get a Rise of Iron style, not that Rise of Iron was terrible at the beginning, but it got really repetitive really quickly. And Mm -hmm. I want there to be a lot of stuff to do. I want people to be playing this game for a while because my favorite experience in all of Destiny was taking people through who've never been able to do Skolas. Like just, just all these people going into an activity that they never could touch never could touch because nobody would take them through like just being able to bring people through that like through new experiences because they've been doing the same strikes the same old raids and they never were able to do new stuff so they were getting frustrated and a lot of people quit so i finally was able to once i experienced had enough experience take them through new content and like there were a lot of people that i met through there that we formed the clan and build up the clan through that I'm still friends with them to this day. Yeah, new um, content, man. I mean, okay, first of all, let's take a second to really, really appreciate, and, and I know you mentioned it, but really appreciate Bungie's marketing efforts and strategy mm-hmm. for Destiny 2 because it's not only getting us hyped for Destiny 2, but the hype, I don't know about you guys, but for me, the hype for Destiny 2 is actually what has kept me playing Destiny 1. I'm so right. hyped about Destiny 2 that I'm still playing Destiny 1. And there's other games I want to play and can play. I have new games that I haven't even unwrapped yet because I can't stop playing Destiny 1 still because I'm so hyped. And I don't know. It's, that's, it's, that's just crazy. And the new experiences, I got to tell you guys, new experiences, um, they, are painting, they are painting a mighty big picture and throwing down some mighty big promises but i think they're going to deliver i think one of the reasons why they took the gamble and delayed the game was because they know they're going to deliver and they knew they had to deliver so i've i've got a lot of faith i've got a lot of faith 
And those yeah. new experiences are going to be amazing because I, I can't wait. Like you said, your Skolas experience. Um, I think, I think I met you like right at the end of the Skolas runs, but, mm -hmm. um, those new experiences and these new raids, I'm like so excited because it wasn't until I guess year three that I really matured as, um, uh, as a player in destiny and started to learn how to take people, you know, through activities and I'm still learning. I'm not like, I'm not by any means some, you know, top tier, tier one level Sherpa for anything. Um, he is a ghost to noob. Yes, exactly. And, but I'm so excited to learn new things and experience them with other people, with all the people that I've been playing with recently in our clan and outside the clan. That's mm -hmm. the new, I, I just, I need those new experiences. Like it's uh, yeah, destiny to new experiences. And the fact that we may have a lot more of them to experience, I mean, <laughs> doing a new raid is exciting. But that's almost, I almost have like anxiety over that though. But what I don't have anxiety over, what I have is pure excitement, like joyous excitement over is the, uh, it, it is the hopeful experience of running into an encounter blind, say out on like right. patrol or whatever they call it. And you mm -hmm. see like one of these new experiences or encounters or something that you uncover and find that's new, like maybe these dungeons or whatever they're going to call them. Um, maybe they're hidden. Maybe you find them for the first time with a group of your friends. The lost sectors. Lost sectors. There you go. I'm so psyched to find a lost sector with a bunch of friends for the first time. I mean, I think it, it, as long, I, I'm hoping that these types of encounters are just as awesome as my imagination is making them. Mm. I know that's a big ask because let's face it, my imagination is pretty crazy, but that excites me more than doing like new raids and stuff because it's the new types of encounters and gameplay that they're throwing in that that's we love we love destiny so much and we would love to see those like like uh, breath of the wild there's mm -hmm. like that yeah. free adventure even um horizon zero kind mm -hmm. of things like when i got into one of those dungeons i was like this is freaking awesome the cauldrons and, those yeah, the cauldrons, cauldrons and then like that in a destiny verse would be like insane and awesome. And what I'm eager for and what keeps me hyped like you is like, I keep telling myself, Hey, these three years have basically been a beta. You got to think about how much this game has evolved and changed and how much they've taken the community's opinion over these past three years and tried to mold it to something that we now love without a doubt. And I think they're going to take it in a good direction. Um, but like I, one thing that I'm hoping for, like seriously, is to be able to have that, like you said, that raid thing kind of freaks you out or like gives you anxiety. But like I want to have that end of raid feeling because, like you said, Jorge, like at the end of like Skolas, that feeling of euphoria. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that was great, or helping people out was great. Like that new like excitement feeling when you complete something. But I don't want it to be exactly just a raid. That gives me that. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe these lost sectors give it to us, you know? Maybe it's like, whoa, that was awesome. We had to explore the hell out of that thing and this and the other thing. And we had a crazy encounter or maybe a world boss. We don't know anything about that because they had mentioned, you know, it's got to be able to run so many people in the same server. And we're like, well, what What does that even mean? You right. know what I mean? I mean, so imagine, for that. Im imagine if they took these Skolas, the, 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 
instead of it being, um, let's say, the arena like it is where you go back to the middle, you know, going, let's say the Skolas encounter, still three people. You start at the beginning of Skolas's dungeon, quote unquote. All right. You go from one room to the next, fighting waves of enemies like you were doing. Like, as soon as you clear the room, you move forward to the next section. Like a, a three-man raid. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's basically what it would be, a three-man raid. And, like, at each checkpoint, you get, let's say, a drop, like arms or whatever. Like, like what they did with the arena encounter showed that they can do a raid-like experience that's tough, that doesn't have to have six people. Sometimes mm-hmm. people like to do... Um, things with just three people. Like, I want to see activities like that. And I think that the arena proved that you can have a three-man dungeon-style raid. Again, I'm using that in quotes. But something like that where it, it doesn't have to have all these people. Like, I'm always seeing all these different, um, the different ads where they have, like, the Titan, the Warlock, and the Hunter. It's always a team of three. Um, and you see it in, in when you're doing co-op and PVE, it's always teams of three until you get to the raid where you and a team of six. I'm not saying take away the team of six st- stuff, but I, I, I would like to see a lot more team of three stuff that is actually raid-like and not... I don't want to say it was a gimmick, but the arena always have to go back to the middle, kind of like... Right. Right. Kind of downplay it, yeah. Right, so like, imagine if like... You know, when you started off, like, it was like, let's say, the rock breaker from from Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, that was your first encounter. Uh, like, that, like, like all of a sudden, you're, like, getting messed up. You're like, what the heck is that? Like, this is a giant enemy. This is literally a, a, a towering force that is coming after me. And I have to work with, with my other two team members. Like, let's say the two team members have to activate freeze rays or have to activate something to like lock down the enemy they're holding down like they have to charge it up using their light and then like the the third person comes in and starts doing damage with their weapons that they're like that encourages people to do other things besides raiding like right now right. you me and and jordan like we're in a in a position where we're doing a lot of raids because that's the only thing that we can really do. Like they updated the raids, um, but there's no, yes, you can get light 400 stuff from other things, but it's, we're kind of at a point where strikes, they're fun, but we've done them literally hundreds of times. Right. And we want that next level experience. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like I think that with games like horizon zero dawn, and Zelda, um, Breath of the Wild, some of the things that they pushed forward was the concept of it's going to be a tough game. You're going to learn how to play from failing. And I think that we need a lot more games that teach us to play from failing. And not that Destiny has to be super hard, like raid all, all the time, but like I want there to be difficulty. And that's one mm. of the things I think yeah. that Destiny 1 lacked. Um, outside of some of the raids, um, it, it lacked difficulty. Like people were like they, it almost felt like they were afraid to let people fail because they didn't want people to drop out. And right. sometimes that's what gives us those big moments. Like I'll always remember the first time in Horizon Zero Dawn 
that I encountered the rock breaker because it was a corrupted rock breaker in the corrupted zone. I was like, this guy is shooting rocks at my face. He's coming out of the ground. My life is yeah, blinking. Right. I am going to die. And I'm uh, like, I'm I'm excited because I'm like, yo, this guy is going to mess me up. Oh, yeah, dude, those yeah. things are beast. You know, it's funny what you mentioned. Um, think about what they showed with the Zavala mm-hmm. pieces of the trailer or the Zavala origin story, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They showed him learning from failure. Right. That could exactly. be an indication of what we're going to experience in the game now. It seems like they're really pushing forward that that concept of failure, but mm-hmm. but failure failure doesn't always mean the end. Failure means you you reach a peak. Now you gotta you reach the plateau. Now you gotta work through and get hot, like to the next level. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're working out your body. Like you you did a workout, it killed you. Next time it's hard still, but you manage to get through it. Then next time it becomes easier. Now you got to make it. Now you got to change it up. Like this is what I want the game to do to me. Like, and not to say that that I didn't go through some of those experiences, but to me they were too far and few between in Destiny One, and I want to see the difficulty ramped up slightly. Um, I I want it to be accessible to absolutely everybody, absolutely. But I think that throwing challenge in people's faces isn't always a bad thing. No. It'd be a very good thing. And I think it will be accessible to everyone. And I think it's going to be in the form of expanded content, meaning there's going to be more content spread out through a larger mm. game to give more tiers so that you progress slowly, but you don't get bored doing it. Absolutely. All I right. Think their answer to uh, the guy, like the guided games to help mm-hmm. people with this difficulty is guided games, to be honest with you. If they're making it, more difficult. They basically put LFG in the game, let's be honest. But that's a quick way to get match made with people who know what they're doing. Right. Who are, you know, people in PvE or even PvP that are big hitters that can, you know, take that brunt of that difficulty. Um, but still, like, I, I want that experience that is, like, I, I wouldn't mind. Like, this would actually get me really excited if, like, it was tough and then we get to a checkpoint we're like okay it's late let's pick this up tomorrow from this (laughs) checkpoint you know what i mean this was great this was you know we got through it we trudged through it like the only times we've experienced that is if like oryx isn't cooperating or crota's glitching out and we had to be like oh my gosh i can't this is like the hundredth time he's jumped off the bridge and came into the room Right, and killed us. You know, let's just pick this up tomorrow. Which is like, hilarious. I want that, that, stage, you know, that, that checkpoint break. You know what I mean? That it's just like, hey, this is it's been really deep right now. Let's just take a break and put it off because it's like come back for more and pick it up where we left off, kind of thing. So that's how. I'll never forget the time that Crota went into the room and just obliterated us. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, oh man. All right, Jordan. Well, why don't you go ahead and talk about mash those buttons, please? Hey, I got an idea. Let's talk about mash those buttons. Your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www dot mash those buttons dot com. 
All right. Well, E3 is around the corner, or it's actually here, since it's now become a week-long event where different gaming uh, companies are talking about games all throughout the week. EA's already had their big event here on Sunday. Uh, they're going to have more stuff with the Microsoft event happening. I'm sorry, on Saturday, I apologize. They're going to have more stuff on the Microsoft event on Sunday. Uh, we heard a little bit of uh, the new games. The reason I'm bringing uh, EA up is because they're going to have a game released in 2018 called Anthem. For a long time, this has been reported that BioWare had actually been working on a game, kind of a competitor to Destiny. And it's going to be a kind of like what Sony did for Destiny. Anthem is going to be doing for Xbox. Um, now, we've seen how games like this, such as The Division, have fared in the marketplace. There's also Warframe. Uh, not to say that they aren't popular, but they haven't reached the levels of Destiny and its ubiquitousness. Um, so, with regards to Anthem, what are your guys' thoughts on what we've seen so far? Now, obviously, we haven't seen the big reveal that's going to be happening at the Microsoft event, but what are your hopes for a game like this? Chicken fingers, why don't you take this one first? Um, on, on, I was, I was at the beach all day, so I was kind of tuning in on Twitter and stuff like that. What I've seen, uh, games like this, that, that like when I hear, oh man, destiny competitor, I'm all, I'm all wait and see ever since division, you know, everyone was like, oh shoot, this is going to knock the, uh, knock destiny out of the water. This is everything you've hoped for in a, in a, you know, shoot to loot MMO type style and played the division. Womp. So I'm gonna go ahead and wait and see on the anthem. It looks cool. The <laughs> even art looks even awesome. The word you used for the reaction was sort of lackluster. I like that. <laughs> right, right. So it, you know, I'm just gonna hold, go ahead and wait and see. Wait till I see some more about it, and you know, just look at it and admire from a distance because I know I'm gonna be on this destiny. <laughs> you, my friend, are a smart man. Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, division. Oh my god, I I still have bandages from the burn on the division. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited for anything that claims it could. I uh, okay, I shouldn't say it has claimed, but from what I've read, the industry appears to think it's going to claim or it is going to be a rival to Destiny. I'm excited for that because I love to play new games, and if they're actually going to put the effort in to make a game that is great that we want to play for mm -hmm. extended periods of time. Heck yeah. Cause guess what? When destiny's in a lull, I'll go play Anthem. When Anthem's in a lull, I'll go play destiny. And when both are in a lull, I'll probably go play PUBG and get salty. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Yeah. So I mean, the main reason I'm excited for Anthem is because I want there to be a competitor to Bungie, like one that really pushes them. Um, right. For and I'm not taking any way uh, from the division because division is a lot of fun for a lot of people, but we already know that there's a lot of like people expected raid-like experiences. Unfortunately, because it was so similar, it had a lot of similar aspects to Destiny, and they kind of didn't get that. Uh, with regards to the division. So the expectations for this game, like 
it's gotta have raids, gotta have dungeons or strikes, gotta have to, like we already know that they're gonna be through the roof for Anthem, and like it's gotta have this, this, and this, and like it, it like sometimes it's nice to see a developer to take its its own say stuff and say like, look, hold up, we're our own thing, we're going to have a similar experience, we're gonna do it in a different way. So I'm interested to see what this game does, because as we know, competition drives innovation, which also drives copycat stuff, which can only improve your game if you see it being a good fit. Division did a lot of stuff that people were like, yo, that stuff like this should be in Destiny. The exclusion zone, for better or for worse, like people are like, yo, if we went into a PvP zone that had enemies, like that would be really, really cool. Especially if you if it involved the three factions, like why not put that in there? Right. Like stuff like that would make sense. So there's already people like, oh, yo, they should do this. And who's to say that we won't get something like that in the future? So it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what stuff Anthem comes up with because I want them to push Bungie so that they don't. I'm not saying that they will rest on their laurels, but anytime you have co- competition, you're like. You're 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 put on your toes. You have to think more. Like, how can I make this game more different, more like differentiate itself from Anthem? Like, I want there to be that competitor to Destiny because right now you have Destiny and then you have every, everything else. And I want there to be that big competitive game that that actually makes people think like, do I want to play Anthem or do I want to play Destiny? It yeah. only makes our games better. It really does. Like, I, I, I honestly want to see the game thrive. I don't want to. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's EA." But like, no, I, I want to see this game thrive because I want to see something push Bungie to per, to create. Almost, I don't know what I was going to say there. To produce a better game than um than what they have even thought of. Yeah, I agree there. The uh. The only way a game like Anthem, if it's going to be a similar experience, the only way they're going to be truly successful is if they they have to differentiate. A, co- a straight up copycat's not going to work. We know that. So yeah, I'm excited the, for the fact that yes, they apparently are quote unquote stepping back and they're likely going to market the game as being its own thing, which is great. They definitely... If, if they try to go up against Destiny directly, that's probably going to lead to failure. Um, I, I don't have high hopes necessarily for the game, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for the prospects of a new game that could be similar enough that it feels like I'm... I don't want to feel like I'm playing Destiny or a copycat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited for something that could be like fresh and give me something else to play, something else to look at on the screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, with that, I think we're at a good spot. I, I think we're all excited for E3 this week. Can't wait to get some more Destiny 2 news. Yeah. Uh, There's what's a lot the schedule of for E3? I don't have it in front of me, but it, it's, I believe, we're looking at Monday or Tuesday. It's the 13th, I believe, is Sony's deal, or is it, what are the Monday, dates Monday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is Nintendo's. Okay, um, so that they, means... They have a... Because there's a right, Sony so, so, spot, right? 
a Sony spot. And then someone mentioned to me that there was a bungee spot that isn't on the main schedule. I don't know about that. I don't have the E3 schedules in front of me because there's so many, it's hard to keep up with them. Yeah. Um, I do know if I'm not mistaken, Microsoft goes first, then Sony and Mm -hmm. Sony's going to respond with whatever they got. Because if you didn't hear folks, uh, Microsoft dropped the price of an Xbox One S by $50. So there's a, if I'm not mistaken, there's a Minecraft package that you can now get for $200. Like $200 for an Xbox One S, that's a very good value. There, I mean, if you don't have an Xbox One S and you were thinking about, you know, going with that, by all means, go for it. Because we all know that Games will run on both Xbox One S and Scorpio. Although if you want the, the best possible graphics, then obviously wait for Scor- Scorpio. But that's going to lead to Sony responding with their own um, discount. And hopefully they discount the Pro, like make it a very competitive system. They have like, the Pro Gold, all Gold Edition for 250 right now. Is it a Pro or is it regular? It's a slim. I think it's Pro. It's a slim. It is a slim. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a My couple. Brother was. I think there must have been an ad yeah. out there that accidentally said pro, but when I looked at, oh, right. yeah, I looked at some stuff. I'm almost positive like, it's a slim. Oh, yeah, it's a pro. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I don't know, two fifty for two fifty. So I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the Destiny Two bundle, which like not just the the PS4 Pro with the game. I'm waiting for like the Destiny PS4 Pro, which I'm somewhat assuming they're going to have. If they don't get it, I'm going to get a PS4 Pro for Destiny 2 regardless. But yeah, what the PS4 Pro is still, what, $400? Mm-hmm. $399.99? Are you out of So yeah, $250 for a Pro. I mean, I would buy one now. But yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was the gold slim. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to text him because he's, he's thinking it's a Pro. I just read the message. I'm like, hey, he's going to be really upset if he trades in all his stuff just to get a slim. <laughs> I mean, if, if I were him, I would really wait until Sony's, uh, their their announcement. And don't even go for gold. Like, it's a nice color, but you like at this point in time, if you really want a PS4, go for Pro and wait for, the, for them to discount it. Like, there, there's really no reason. Because you're eventually going to end up in a situation like Nintendo did with the 3DS, uh, with the new 3DS, or now the new 2DS, where certain games like Hyrule Warriors, it says that it can play on regular 3DS. It plays horrendously on regular 3DS. Like, if you don't have the new 3DS, you're doing yourself a disservice. There's a a couple of the games that that have the same issue, and it's it's simply that the system is not powerful enough. And my concern with Destiny 2 being PS4, like they're showing PS4 Pro, but they haven't really shown what it runs like on a PS4. Like I'm just, I'm really concerned that there's going to be a lot of slowdown on regular PS4 and Xbox One and Xbox One S. Like I'm really concerned about how it's going to perform there because we haven't seen anything about those systems yet. We've only seen Pro. Um. Anyway, yeah, he, he is. He's got a. This is my other brother, not Honus. He uh, he's got a love hate thing with Destiny, mm-hmm. and we were asking him, "Hey, uh, you gonna be on Destiny 2 And he's like, "Well, I'm gonna see how it plays." And I'm like, "Okay." And he just, I just texted him, "Yo, it's a slim." He texted me the shrug emoji, and I was like, "Whatever, dude, <laughs> spend oh, your God. money." 
Oh my god. Whatever. <laughs> well, like I said, wait for the wait for the Sony yeah. announcement. Get that discount, then make your decisions. Right. For sure. All right, Jordan. Well, I think that's a good spot to end that. Jordan, why don't you go ahead and close this bad boy up? Awesome. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to In Orbit. We're available on a ton of platforms, so make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do that is to share In Orbit with others. We're on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Also, make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash inorbit podcast, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Jordan, where can people find you at? Well, depending on my mood, you can find me either in your dreams <laughs> or your nightmares. Oh, and okay. If not there, then on Twitch, streaming at www.twitch.tv forward slash IMTBot, spelled I A M. T-E-E-B-O-T. And everybody that just heard that just pretty much did. <laughs> All right. And Christopher, <laughs> where can people find you at? <laughs> they can find me on uh, basically every platform under Chicken Fingers, C-H-I-K-I-N-F-I-N-G-A-Z. You can find me on Wednesdays doing Rasputin Radio podcast at 8.15 p.m. Um, at my Twitch channel, which is uh, C-H-I-K-I-N-F-A-N-G-A-Z. And we like to have a lot of fun. You can just follow me on Twitter. I post funny pics, try to. Um, Instagram, post some funny stuff. And then on Twitch, whenever I can, usually Tuesdays, uh, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I just uh, did a stream with some Destiny Tracker stream team. Uh, God, Saturday. I asked you what day it was uh, yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, all, I'm all out of sorts. So yes, it was Thursday. <laughs> but you can find me there. Just hopefully you check me out and I'll say what's up. Cool. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, GoToNRG. That's G-O, the number two, N-R-G. Make sure to contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, and this week's guest, Chicken Fingers himself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. <laughs> <laughs>